few years back, a Korean article ran with the headline that roughly translates to "Proof found that the level of happiness is determined by friendship, not by grades." This article basically said, "Good friendships formed in early years of life were found to last a lifetime. Therefore, to become a happy adult individual." It is better for children to put more effort into forming good friendships, rather than focusing too much on academic achievements. What do you think? As an adult individual, do you agree with the article? It is actually not that black and white, though, is it? As much as we can relate to the article, we also can't help but think, well, because we, as adult individuals, know that while the level of happiness is not entirely determined by our school grades, it is not always completely free of its impact, and we also know that. Good friendships don't come easy either. So, just how lucky are we to have each other? I'm Lena Park, and this is One Fine Day. Welcome to One Fine Day with Lena Parg. That was lovely, the newest and latest from Unmu, kicking things off. A nice, lovely way to kick things off today. Now, here is the actual Korean headline from that article I was mentioning. 행복은 성적 순이 아니라 인간 관계 순이다. And uh, it's tough to translate exactly, but roughly. Uh, one's level of happiness is determined by friendship or the uh, relationships we forge, not by our grades um, in school or our like, academic achievements. I mean, this is a quite a conversation starter, right? Because there's a lot to debate about. What do you think? I mean, sure, having lots of good people around us. Is uh, I definitely count that as one of the blessings and uh, measures of success for life in general, and it does give us so much, so many reasons to be happy. But then, having a lot of people in your life doesn't equate with a happy life, right? Even amongst the best of people, there are those that can make us feel comfortable and pleasant, and then there are those that keep us a little. Too excited or a little high strung, but being with people who understand us, accept us for who we really are, who let us be who we really are—those are the people that can really make us happy, truly add happiness to the quality of our lives. So on that front, I think we've been pretty lucky for the past six years, wouldn't you say? Now, our global roll call is coming up, so. Tell me where all my good people are. Tell me where you are and what you are doing, and also tell me which songs you'd like to listen to today. As you share your sayonder stories and anecdotes about anything and everything, nothing is too trivial. Anything goes. So message me on Kong right on the various message boards on our website. At world.kbs.co.kr, or leave a comment on our latest posts on Instagram at KBS One Fine Day and Facebook at facebook.com/slash/EnglishKBS. If you're streaming us via YouTube at youtube.com/slash/atKBSWorldRadioService, you can leave us messages there as well. And last but not least, if you have a Korean phone number, you can text me at sharp eight one five zero. It's fifty one per SMS and one hundred one per MMS. In part two of the show, 
We'll be joined by Professor Cynthia Yu for our Tuesday segment, OFD and Chill. And just like yesterday, we have got a camera crew standing by to stream part two of our show. All week, we'll be streaming part two as part of our ongoing celebration of OFD's sixth anniversary and final week. So please stick around for our own Puinen Radio, our YouTube live stream in the second hour. All right, I'll be back now with the roll call after this. Here's Daybreak with Non Onjena, You Always. One fine day is coming to you live from Seoul, Korea, and right now it is 5.23 p.m. I don't know what's going on, but summer came back for the day. Woo! So hot today. It was almost 33 degrees um, when I was leaving the house, and that's even later in the afternoon, so you can just imagine. Gosh. So yes, don't put away those shorts yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm talking to you in a studio located on the fourth floor of the main KBS building in Yeido, Seoul. Where are you? It is time for our global roll call. A chance for me to find out where in the world all my listeners are and what you're all up to today. Aside from tuning in, of course, where are you? Alicia Y writes, first day in the new office. Rocked up at 8.30 and was greeted by a barista making coffee on the spot, fancy decorations, a camera crew, and a delectable breakfast and fruit spread. This was followed by an office tour, talks, and an amazing aboriginal performance, full-on with song, dance, and didgeridoo demonstrations. Wow. Very festive first day, huh? Alicia says that there was a room for everything, including one for crying and another for pitches. Interesting. Uh, a me time room. Uh, here, Here's the room you go to cry. Interesting. Talk about a room for everything. That's for sure. Well, I'm glad you guys are enjoying um, the new place. I really hope that uh, it's going to be a fantastic new work environment for you. Lahab82 writes, I rode my bicycle to a playground at Hangang Park because I was craving Hangang Pyeonijeom Ramyeon. I'm also expecting some spectacular sunset glow. Yes, albeit hot, but it is actually a really glorious day, a really gorgeous skies, puffy um, clouds, and some really clean air, very crisp blue skies, so you're right. With the visibility this really nice, um, we are probably going to be in for a pretty sunset. But I do like how you went specifically to get the instant ramen, specifically sold at the Riverside Park convenience stores. I guess there's just something about it, huh? Wonderful. Limtway writes, I just had to be on a business trip on the last week of one fine day. I can't tune into the live show. And I have to hide in the bathroom to write a sayon. Well, congratulations on the sixth anniversary. I'll be tuning in to the rerun again today. That's wonderful. Well, one of the greatest um, features of OFD was being available to you whenever your schedule allows for it. So even though you can't tune into the live, we hope that the reruns are just as fulfilling and you are still part of it. Ian King says, I'm on my way home after sweating a bucket playing tennis. I'm going to drive by the supermarket to get some groceries. Looks like I won't have too many more chances to write in Sayandil, which I'd written in the mood of writing daily love letters. Oh, it's very sweet. Uh, 
the concept of writing in every day to OFD as in a daily love letter is very, very sweet. I'm sure that you can continue that tradition, maybe not with OFD, uh, maybe in a journal, and maybe love letters to yourself, perhaps. In any case, it was a hot day to be out and about, let alone playing tennis, so good job. The Blue Maniac writes, Today in my hometown in Jakarta, Indonesia, the weather is hot, pollution is really bad, and must go out using masks. Ooh. Well, it's a good thing that we have those masks readily available to us now to protect us somewhat. Kalababa says hello from Faisalabad, Pakistan. Says I'm at home. Wonderful, thanks for tuning in. Ives Roche says Philippines. Hello, hello, welcome to our show. Amir Jamil says hello from Pakistan and says how are you? I am at my work now in university. Well, I think we're all doing pretty fine over here. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking in. Alrighty, let's look at some song requests. Our first request from listener P.S. I love who writes Annyeonghaseyo. The weather is so pretty, it makes me happy just to look at it. I'm sad that the end is nearing, but thank you for being a short vacation amidst the daily routine. I want to request BBG 늘 지금처럼 because I really like the Jip Kun Live version of this song. Alrighty, yes. Um, a classic song from the 90s. I did my own um, rendition back for a something called Jip Kun or Jip Concert. And Vivis is, has a great kind of a rendition as well. So we will get that ready. Rebecca 03230 writes, DJ Lina I've been driving for about an year and a half now. And last weekend, I finally got a breathalyzer test for the first time. Of course, I was completely alcohol-free. But just being in front of the policeman made me a little nervous and excited. I'm a little embarrassed that they may have noticed just how giddy I was, but it was a fun experience. My request is New Jeans Hype Boy. I've never heard anyone being excited about being a breathalyzer. <laughs> to get a breathalyzer test, they have these checkpoints here and there, especially on uh, weekends or Fridays where there is a greater chance for um, some inebriated driving. But I think you were excited and nervous uh, because, thank goodness, you were alcohol-free. Um, I, you know, always get a little bit nervous as well. Like, oh, what if that's... This breathalyzer is broken or something like that. But um, yes, it's being around policemen just makes you nervous for no reason at all. In any case, I'm glad you had a fun experience. Let's listen to these two song requests. First up, BBG, New Chicken Charam, Come On Baby Tonight, and then New Jeans with Hype Boy. Hype Boy by New Jeans. And before that, we heard PBG's rendition of Nur Jigum Charam or Come On Baby Tonight. Jisoo Kim 0801 writes, Hi, Nuna. Even a blurred picture cannot cover your beauty. It was so not nice to watch the show in video. I had no time to watch the Where Are You session even when it goes live on YouTube. So it was almost the first time. For me to actually check out the YouTube live. It felt a little odd. I was like, oh, it surely was her who has been reading my messages for five years. Yes, yes, you can see um, everything in action. <laughs> Listener Tepe Wern writes, I love how you smiled in this photo. Sometimes it takes just a smile to brighten someone else's day. And seeing your smile has indeed brightened up my stressful day today. I am preparing to fly again for work this Sunday, and getting all the visa documents done at the last minute was really stressful. I also look forward to the last OFD and chill today. 
I am going to miss listening to Professor Cynthia's K-drama lectures in the future. I wonder whether Prof will consider creating her own YouTube channel just to talk about K-dramas. If she does, I'll be the first one to describe, subscribe to her channel, lol. Doesn't sound like you're joking, though. <laughs> Listener, I'm Kelly Wrights. I love the way today's picture beautifully captured your charming smile, and the blurriness in the picture reflects my current sleep-deprived state. The weather is getting nicer, but why am I struggling to fall asleep these days? Yesterday, I spent hours tossing and turning, so I couldn't resist picking up my phone to watch my go-to ASMR video of Panda Mukbang. Human mukbang has never appealed to me, but I do love watching animal mukbang. Interesting, like doggies and pandas. It always brings a smile to me, especially the sound of them biting their food. It's not only such a feel-good video, but it also makes me crave bamboo shoots and leaves. Interesting. Gosh, they do really have a video for everything. Maybe Cynthia should take Tepe Warren's suggestion and maybe look into a K-drama YouTube channel. I mean, if you can have pandas eating bamboo, <laughs> well, a little of something for everybody, that's for sure. I hope that the ASMR helped you fall asleep eventually. It could be the transitional weather. We're still going a little back and forth and your body might just not be able, might not be able to cope with all the sudden changes, right? Perhaps so. Gotta give it a little time. All right. Listener IDH99 writes, I was having lunch with my sister. We told each other about something interesting and this is the one I like the most. There'll be a lot of unexpected things when we tell each other. Allow me to request the song, Rise, Get a Guitar. All right. How wonderful to share things with your sister over lunch. Those are small, little innocuous things that really turn out to be precious moments. So um, I hope that you guys had a wonderful lunch and a wonderful time sharing. Let's listen to IDH's song request for our next song break. It is the big debut of really hot and talked about new SM Idol group Rise. And it is their debut song, Get a Guitar. If you want something to play with, get a guitar. No one in it can get away, get a guitar. You're listening to One Fine Day with Lena Park on KBS World Radio. JS Jerry 76 says, I didn't get to congratulate you yesterday because I was in a four hour long meeting that started at 5 p.m. Congratulations and 그동안 너무 수고하셨습니다. Oh, very sweet. But four-hour meeting, yikes. I hope it was very productive for how long it went. Johnny4900 writes, In the last OFD week, I can report a K-pop milestone I had been waiting to see occur. I heard Super Shy playing in a department store, and also someone posted that a Louisville radio station was playing New Jeans and also G-Idol. So it seems like global Hallyu is reaching mainstream exposure here. I expect the phase will be acquaintances telling me about new music they just found. Oh yes, and you can be there like, I was here first. <laughs> and then you can kind of school them maybe on the finer points of K-pop. Well, yes, I, I mean, because they are just chart-topping hits... Um, that um, K-pop artists are able to kind of churn out very natural for radio airplay to start reaching, gosh, even the smallest reaches of everywhere. That's really cool. Truly a milestone, like you said. JSLA 2017 writes, 안녕하세요, 정연 누나. My wife's busy with events these days. Daughters practicing for a national baseball tournament. My son's a high school senior, so he's always at the library. 
OFD had been my only means to beat the Monday blues, so I'm very sad that it's the last week. I guess it's time to say goodbye to OFD Where Are You, where I used to share my mundane everyday stories. Truly, it is uh, the end of one chapter, but I'm sure it will open up um, something new. Definitely so. Open up for things, something new. Ray Liu R says, Oh, I thought I was going to miss Roll Call Few. 정연 누나, 안녕하세요. I just came back from a weekend road trip to Toronto, Canada. It was my first trip outside of the States out since the pandemic. I had lots of good food with great company. But I think I'm going to opt for a plane ride next time. Road trips are fun, but being stuck in a car for that long was physically painful. There was so much to explore in Toronto that I didn't want to leave because there were so many places I still wanted to visit. Nuna, what is the one thing you can't wait to do after the final show of OFD? You must have so many things you want to do, I bet. Well, I, for one, would love to see you in concert at least once in my lifetime. Ah, uh, okay. Well, let me get back to that because uh, same question from Look at Louie, who writes, I'm sad that the end is near, but because I know that an end is just another beginning, I'm excited to find out what your next big leap will be. I won't let myself be sad. I'll wait for your upcoming diverse moves with butterflies in my stomach. When I quit my old job, I went to Naksansa for a temple stay. It was fantastic, and that short relaxation gave me so much strength. Well, then I started preparing for the next move. I'm curious, what's the first thing you want to do when you're done DJing? All right, same questions from both Look at Louie and Ray Luar. Well, first of all, what I'm looking forward to is uh, uh, maybe some more home-cooked dinners that I can actually make in time for dinner time uh, for when my husband is home from work and uh, I'll have a little bit more time to prepare and it's not 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> uh, that was one thing that I felt sad about because um, it was just almost all like delivery food every day and I just felt kind of bad for my husband putting gross food into his body so hopefully I can replace that with some nice home-cooked meals and then both he and I can also eat healthier that's one thing uh, kind of a long-term thing that I've been thinking about for a while and uh, menu planning and you know um, time scheduling the time and uh, I think day trips <laughs> I'll actually like go somewhere uh, I'm planning a an upcoming little uh, kind of uh, trip here in Korea planning a little outside little foray road trip slash whatever with friends and that's going to be kind of exciting as well yes and then of course planning my next moves that's always in the works so yes all right our next song break is a request from the blue maniac here's tomorrow by together with dear sputnik entirely two different songs from two different parts of the world it's like they belong to a parallel universe it's time to listen to a couple of songs that seem nothing alike but are actually similar in one way or another upon closer inspection one k-pop track and one non-k-pop track it's parallel universe now today we've got two songs that happen to share a title with one of my songs, and that is Better Now. We'll start with the K-pop song Better Now by Owen. What a great and solid singer-songwriter, isn't he? His popularity just keeps on growing thanks to his signature sensibility and sound. Better Now was the title track of his 
2022 album, and here's how it starts out. Waking up in the still, unfamiliar morning, every day I sigh. When I look at myself reflected on the TV screen dyed black, I faintly remember. I no longer have to look for our picture on our messy table. I feel like better now, again today. I find myself growing a little more familiar. We were always strangers. Sounds roughly like the end of a relationship and uh, moving on from that. And as for our non-K-pop parallel of the day, we will listen to Better Now by British singer-songwriter Ethan. He started posting covers on YouTube when he was just 14 and made his official debut with his first original song, Leaving the Lights On, at age 15 back in 2013. And then a couple years later, he debuted under his new stage name, Ethem, and in Korea, he's best known for his song, 1245. Now, as for his song, Better Now, this was the title track of his 2018 EP. It talks about leaving a toxic love interest behind to focus on yourself. Here's a bit of the words. I'm done with the lies, done with the trying, so I guess you're not my problem now, because I just want to hold you close, but I just went and let you go. Mistakes are irreversible, so I think this might be better now. Alright, so many ways to use that phrase, so many different interpretations. Let's listen to these two songs back to back, Better Now by Owen and then Better Now by Ethan. Welcome to part two of One Fine Day with Lena Park. OFD and Chill is coming right up. Professor Cynthia will join me in the studio in just a moment. So if you haven't yet, join us as well. Go to youtube.com and search for KBS World Radio or just go straight to youtube.com slash at KBS World Radio Service. And now while you do that, enjoy this quick song break while Cynthia settles into the studio here. First up, Kwanjina with Love Me, Love Me. And then it is On and Off with their song, Yorumekut, Summer End. moment, countless titles are showing at the movie theaters, and even more dramas are there for you to binge. When every one of them is as inviting as the next, how do you decide just where to start? Maybe you should first OFD and chill. K-dramas have been huge for several decades, but the real secret is out. Korean films are just as awesome. So whether it be film or TV, and if that one-inch tall barrier of subtitles mean nothing to you, but you don't know where to start or go next, OFD and Chill will be your guide. And our guide, as usual, an expert with impeccable taste, Professor Cynthia Yu. Hello, Welcome. hello, hello. hello. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is so excited, first off. Uh, that you were um, you agreed to join us on our Puinen Radio. We gave every guest an option to be on or off camera. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I don't know. Everybody was in particular really curious and excited to see you. So, Ooh, okay. thank you so much for joining yeah, us. And I don't have a runny nose or anything. Yay! The last time I did this, I had the worst runny nose, oh, and no. I was just like oh, no. disgusting. Oh, and you so had this- to. And yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I can see how that that can be very. <laughs> 
distressing. But yay, no one really knows today. And looking chic as ever. So do you. Oh, Very thank you. Very lovely. Thank you. It's yes. like flower petals. Today is just a lot cardigan. of color. Mm-hmm. A little pop of color for the cameras. <laughs> I don't have to be my sloppy self. I'm, I'm trying to be less sloppy this week. And also because it's a celebratory week. It That's is right. OFD's final week as mm-hmm. well as its sixth anniversary. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for being on for six years. I know. I six know. years. <laughs> I know. A lot's happened. We were so young back we then. We were so young back then. <laughs> Uh, we have our regulars, Tepe Warren, Alicia, Chong Songa, Lahab82, Ian Kang, Kim Jisoo, all saying hello, hello. And that's actually your catchphrase here on OFD. Although I do like adding an extra hello these days. Oh, these days you mm-hmm. added three now. Would you like to <laughs> try it out for us? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> no, no? Okay. cheesy. Very no. cheesy. It's not cheesy. No, okay. not with your voice. All right. All I right. think it works. I'll, I'll take it your works. word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Taipei Warren, yay! We can see Professor Cynthia's face for OFD and chill. Please consider being a YouTuber prof. Did you hear her comment earlier in the day? <laughs> I only consider it if actually, you know, we can do it together. Oh, mm-hmm. in fact, Chung Song says, how about a YouTube channel where the two of you eat Korean food and chat in English? <laughs> Mm. I'll film and edit all pro bono. I, I don't know if we want to do that for the public. I think we just, we'd like to do that in private. Yeah, you'll be seeing a lot of seafood, mm-hmm. right? Oh, mm-hmm. perhaps, perhaps. Uh, Alicia just finished watching Celebrity via Netflix. And uh-huh. says, so nice to finally see your face on screen. And now, uh, to preface today before we get started, you have what I thought was an ambitious <laughs> it is final OFD and chill. And I, I commend you. And I think it's a very, a great way to wrap up and also a great way to kind of um, put the final word out there. Here is Cynthia and her <laughs> word, her final word on the whole K wave in general. The thing that really put us in the seat the thing that wrote our opening mm-hmm. right what is that one inch tall barrier of subtitles mm-hmm. you know that's obviously a reference to director Bong Juno. that's right you know and all of this k-wave thing so you kind of came in you are wrapping everything <laughs> up for us and i think i'm not sure if listeners can um notice but it when cynthia is in it is a big paper shuffle <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, I have no, uh, I don't, because our yeah. uh, our critic, music critic Young Day was in, and we were bragging about how there was just the one paper for him, because oh, he just comes in. It's all in his head. Uh, but Good for you. <laughs> but because that's his area of expertise, mm-hmm. uh, but for you, it's a lot of research. This is how much work she goes into, folks, <laughs> uh, to bring you OFD and chill. I just wanted to point that out. But we got a lot of great comments from our listeners today. So, yes, yeah. you did reach out and wanted mm-hmm. to get a little bit of listener feedback so that it's not just Cynthia, but it's actually everybody mm-hmm. kind of contributing to this conversation. So That's we've got right. those ready, at the ready, and I will let you take it away. What is your ambitious <laughs> last tagline? That's right. The past 30 years <laughs> of our our right just not mine no. mine alone but yeah. our k-drama journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah um because there have has been like i've heard various sort of theories from often experts abroad right all right okay right? i know where this is going right seeing that you know this sort of current k-drama mm-hmm. fever or mm-hmm. Hallyu, right, right? Mm-hmm. is really the result of some sort of planned you know, overarching government policy. Oh, conspiracy As, plan. Right. Another example of sort of Korean exceptionalism, right? Hmm. As if we've actually, you know, as if our sort of cultural industries have mm-hmm. prospered under some various five-year plans by the government. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Uh, okay. And I just don't think culture works like that. I agree. And I think... You can't control culture like no, that. No, you can't. No. Um I think it's really sort of com- combination of what we call local, so global and local oh, trends right, and right, forces, right. right? And then how much they're in sync or not in yeah. sync. I and see. It, whether at very like sort of um, 
sort of really important phases in time. You know, mm-hmm. we have the sort of input of talent mm-hmm. and also capital, right? True. And the sort of ambition mm-hmm. to make these changes to grow. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then I think that if I just um, not really being very knowledgeable in the history of it, but just basic, you know, uh, economic like. Yeah, that's uh, right. Concepts there. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of a de- demand, so then you get a little budget to make that's something. Right. You keep sort of learning from your successes and your mistakes. Right. And right? then if there's a continued increased demand, mm-hmm. then you get a little bit more budget, that's a little right. more creativity, mm-hmm. more know-how. That's right. And that just keeps building and building. Yeah. I mean, I read this great book by uh, Dr. Kim Minji mm-hmm. right on this on this sort of history of Hallyu and oh, K-dramas uh-huh. called Hallyu Ejan. And she starts with the Olympics. And I remember the 1988 Olympics as well. Mm-hmm. Sitting back, you know, back in Vancouver with right. all my friends mm-hmm. and family, looking at this, like, three-hour opening ceremony, going, <laughs> wow, yeah. this is not the Korea I sort of remember, remember right. and my parents remember. Mm-hmm. And that was a really pivotal age moment in time you know we had this sort of huge rise mm-hmm. in standard of living That's that right. was when koreans started to get color tvs right mm-hmm. right and it actually sort of encouraged a lot of korean companies to start advertising on tv ah, i see and it, that sort of relates to the mm-hmm. history of radio and tv in the u.s as well right when advertising dollars came in Right. Okay. Well, then you had more dollars or yeah. more one mm-hmm. to produce um, better shows, better right. content with mm-hmm. better budgets, right? And you have a multi increase, huge increase right. in viewership as it is. Right. So, and everything just worked kind yeah. of in sync. And also around that time, we had um, this sort of increase mm-hmm. in creative freedom and artistic license. That's right. Because the government stopped sort of strict censorship. Rolled back on their censorship. Right. Mm -hmm. So these great writers, mm -hmm. producers, not only at KBS, but at all the other broadcasters, you know, decided to sort of stretch their creative muscle. Mm -hmm. And you saw these great shows coming in at that time. Um, Yom Nuntongja, or Mm -hmm. Eyes of the Dawn, Mm -hmm. starring Che Shira, Che Jae-sung, and Park Sang-won in 1991, 1992. That was huge. Huge, yeah. And of course, (gasps) Moreshige. Even I fell into the Moreshige way. Right? It was uh, Sand Glass. Okay. Right, in 1995, (sighs) starring Ko Hyun-jung. Mm-hmm. And of course, Che Min Soo. Yep. And don't forget Koi Kyun Jung's bodyguard. Che! <laughs> Our own Lee Jung Jae. Very own Lee Jung Jae. Of course, he was my favorite character. He was my favorite. He, who was he not their favorite? <laughs> I'll be so surprised if they said they didn't like Jay. Come on, where were you? So. I actually came to visit Korea in 92, 93. I see. Mm-hmm. I spent my first year of college here. Mm-hmm. And I remember landing in Seoul yeah. in the summer of 92. Right. And I kept hearing Sotteji everywhere. Right. Nan Arayo. Nan Arayo. I'm not going to try sing that song at all. <laughs> but it was this sort of like burgeoning youth culture, mm-hmm. especially what they call ex culture. That's right. That's right. right? Ex-sede. Mm-hmm. And in that same year, Although I sort of miss the Chutu phenomenon because I think that aired earlier in 1992, but I heard the soundtrack from Chutu everywhere, 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 and that was again sort of like this moment of youth culture, right? Right. Starring Che Jin mm-hmm. and I remember the following maybe two years later, mm-hmm. I came back for another visit with my sister, yeah, and we had this biggest crush on Lee Jong Jae mm-hmm. because. In the summer of 1994, we had Nukim coming out. Nukim. Right. That's right. It was this trio of young people, Mm -hmm. um, young three guys, Mm -hmm. three girls. Right. And they're all like sort of getting their arrows, you know, like mixed here and there. Their heart crossed. Crossed loves. That's right. Um, triangles and squares and <laughs> just <laughs> going everywhere. But that was a sensation, too. Yeah. That was kind of considered like a young adult, or I guess not young adult, but kind of like a... Yeah, like a 20-something. Exactly. Because, you know, up to that time, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Korean dramas were kind of serious and the most sort of, you know, mo- most kind of popular and representative dramas were the sakuk. 
That's the right. Historical dramas like you know Joseon Dynasty, Palace, five five hundred years of Joseon Dynasty, right? Right, and and in more mature kind of casting in general. Yeah. I mean, they were great too. Mm-hmm. I remember really enjoying that sagu um, called Chang Ibin, mm-hmm. which starred Chang Inhwa. Oh, Chang Ibin. Yes. Um, very typical sort of court intrigue. I see. Focus more on the women, female characters of that story, actually. I vaguely remember seeing yeah. this always on TV. So instead of these sort of like, you know, powerful men right, in right, their right. sort of struggles over, you know, mm-hmm. court or mm-hmm. power or mm-hmm. who will become the next king, it was about these concerts right. and queens and wives mm-hmm. at court. And so it had this sort of nice mix of makjang. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I, I know our listeners love the, ma- love makjang. the makjang. Mm-hmm. With sort of a home drama feeling as well. That's right. right? Family domestic drama. Yeah. Which is also always relatable regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're a queen consort or not. Um, we're going to continue with our little retrospective of how did Hallyu actually kind of start? It, it was definitely not a government-controlled five-year plan. Uh, and we're exploring some cultural kind of milestones. But first, here's our first song break with none other than Sun Ji Chang and Kim Min Jong stars of Nukim performing 그대와 함께 with you. That was from the Nukim OST. It was Hun Ji Chang and Kim Min Jong. They were kind of like, because of this new, you know, foray into a uh, younger 20-something audience, That's right. they were like heartthrobs, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the birth of heartthrobs. My favorite is Yi Jong Jae. Oh, yeah. Well, for group. me, Jay, I mean, the, that character, <laughs> he just, he lived on in him. Even if I saw him, Lee Jung Jae, in a different uh, movie or think that, mm-hmm. the character of Jay, the bodyguard, was so, right. just left such a long and lasting impression. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you always looked at him favorably. Mm-hmm. Um, quick note, everybody is distracted by our glasses. <laughs> It's just coincidence, but they are similar. Uh, Cynthia's got hers first, and I didn't remember that she had pink uh, framed glasses. But yes, they are similar. Oh, yours is pink as well? Yes, Lightly mine are pink. pink. Oh, I thought they were kind of transparent you're or like, something. Yours is like rose pink coral. Mine's mm-hmm. a little cooler pink, but um, very, very, very random. We're vibing. We're, we're vibing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, people were just, uh, they were so distracted. So I thought, okay, let's talk about that and get it over <laughs> with because we've got lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably one thing that can we can really point to in really kick-starting this whole um, interest in Korea at all. Right. Hallyu. Hallyu was uh, starting, of course, with the 1988 Olympics. That was the year where I had to stop explaining where I was from <laughs> as if it was some sort of... North or South, right? Right, or obscure <laughs> country. people still ask me that. People you know? still ask me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. And then what would be the next milestone here, historically speaking? 1997. IMF? Yeah. Oh, how so? It's, um, it was when the government, mm-hmm. now this is where the government sort of steps in and mm. kind of introduces this idea mm-hmm. of using, let's expand okay. to cultural industries. Okay. Right? Okay. So there were these sort of white papers and mm-hmm. directives from the government mm-hmm. sort of encouraging, mm-hmm. you know, Korean broadcasters to produce content for overseas market. But of course, oh. that wasn't really the case. Okay. What Korean broadcasters did was they made content for Korean local domestic oh, audiences. Oh, I see. But the ones that made it big, mm-hmm. that were popular, they decided, hey, maybe we could sell these shows, mm-hmm. you know, abroad. Um, up to that time, right. it was Japanese shows and content. Right. That was sort of like the more premier content of the whole Asian market. Right. But there were so many stations, not only yes. in Hong Kong, China, but like, you know, Singapore, mm-hmm. Malaysia, all of these um, stations mm-hmm. needed content, right? Right. So um, not only at KBS, but at the other broadcasters right. started hiring these salesmen, mm-hmm. right? Who worked at, you know, these big Chebar firms. Right. And they sort of packed their suitcases full of VHS tapes of popular Korean shows, Uh 
went to Hong Kong, mm-hmm. went to Singapore, mm-hmm. wherever. To, Taiwan actually was a very big market as well because okay. they, they had so many cable stations. Oh. So they just sold these episodes for like a few hundred dollars a piece. Wow. Because it, it wasn't like any extra cost to them. Sure. They already made their money with the advertising dollars. I see. With the first run in Korea. So this mm-hmm. was just like... A little know, extra. A little extra. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. And it's they could tell the government. Really. Right. Mm-hmm. Like residuals. Mm-hmm. And they could tell the government, hey, you know, yeah. we're doing all this work. Yeah. Or, we're sending the word out. Yeah. And one of the shows, 사랑이 먹일래. Okay. 1997, hit a huge in oh. China. Oh. 15% ratings in China, <gasps> right? My gosh. So, you know, Koreans got a little bit more, like, confident about, you know... People the... actually really like what, yeah. what... Well, we like it, but... We like it. We, did, we weren't sure if anyone else would like it. We weren't at that point even sure if the language barrier would right. be a really big deterrent, mm-hmm. but apparently it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But it went, it went huge. Right. Interesting. And then very soon, mm-hmm. we had... Yonsama. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Winter Sonata, right? Right. Kyoryanga. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, through this huge um, explosion in popularity yes. in Japan and yes. other parts of Asia, mm-hmm. you know, Koreans realize it's not, we're not just selling culture. Right. You know, these fans of the show are mm-hmm. now coming to Korea. Right. We, we're adding tourism dollars. Right. right. So it's on. actually boosting local economy, right. um, we're not making a lot of money from the foreign distribution of content, right. but it's just the popularity. Yeah. Winter Sonata really was that mm-hmm. sea-changing moment, yes. right? Uh, because it hit big in Japan, mm-hmm. and that was like the key market, that the right. impenetrable market, yes. right? Up to that time, we were always sort of like playing maybe second fiddle, or we felt like we were maybe second best. Sure. But with the popularity of Winter Sonata, yes. we realized, hey, we could sort of beat beat the Japanese market too. Be at a competitive mm-hmm. level, absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned tourism. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just tourism. Right. The OST did well. Right. The singers, K-pop, there yeah. was all this sort of like added interest. Yes. And, you know, in Korean, I guess, you would residuals, right? <laughs> in all of its sort of meaning. Because mm-hmm. it, it was just kind of spreading. So the- Socks. <laughs> These Japanese tourists loved getting you. Oh, I remember, I mean, I remember as a singer, Mm -hmm. um, suddenly getting a lot of gigs in Japan because of this first Hallyu wave, Mm -hmm. because of Mr. Peongjun, the star Mm -hmm. of Winter Sonata, becoming a godlike status (laughs) in Japan, (laughs) Yongsama. That scarf, that hair, those glasses. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty big. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, (gasps) Taejanggum. Jewel in the Palace. Jaejanggum. With the beautiful Iyonghe. Yes. Right? Oh, so pretty. But I think what was made, what sort of set apart Jaejanggum mm-hmm. from Kyoryanga mm-hmm. was that it was just popular everywhere. Oh. In the most unexpected places. Right. So not just Asia. Okay. But the Middle East. Wow. It was super popular in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And then I remember actually my students yeah. talked about how it's so popular in, like, their homeland, Kazakhstan. Wow. All of those sort of, like, you know, Inner Mongolia. Yeah. These sort of unexpected places. Which was also a one-way to kind of gauge that, wow, it's actually penetrating. Right. I mean, it's really, really global Mm -hmm. now, not even just a few markets here and there in Asia. And when you think about Daejanggum, that is truly local content. I mean, historical period. Your classic. Mm-hmm. We actually have a couple mentions of Tejanggum from our listeners. Ray Liu R said this was the, the gateway drama mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> the gateway drug. And this this is so true because my mom and aunties all watched it. Oh, that's and, so sweet. I mean, my friends were all watching the Chinese mm-hmm. dramas, and at one point it was switching over to uh-huh. Winter Sonata, Tejanggum. Tepe Horn also said that that was her first K drama, mm-hmm. and she's from Malaysia. And it was the first one that my whole family watched together, mm-hmm. rushing home, you know, to make <laughs> that it... That was their moreshige. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was their sand glass. And then after that, it was Winter Sonata, mm-hmm. Autumn in My Heart, of course. Full House. And this comes out of that whole era, that right. particular era. That was when people heard of the term Hallyu. Hallyu was coined, mm-hmm. I think, at that time, So right? Ray and Taper Worm mm-hmm. are the original OG. 
Yes, the first wave Hallyu OG fans, that's mm-hmm. for sure. All right, we'll be back with more. Here is a song from none other than the Kyoyonga or Winter <laughs> Sonata soundtrack. It's a fun playlist we got today. Uh, Hallyu in K drama through the ears. It is Ryu with Chong Butachigumkaji from the beginning till now. Off of the Winter Sonata soundtrack that was Ryu with Chonbutajunkaji from the beginning till now. Kind of a nice little title for our segment today, actually, <laughs> as well. Um, it's fun to go back and remember and wax nostalgic about, oh, Tejangum was the gateway for me, and etc. Right. Winter Sonata brings mm. back a lot of memories because, as a singer working at that time, right. suddenly something that was so close before. Mm-hmm. That global market, in terms of a singer too, and I was not on a soundtrack or yeah. anything, but it just, like you said, it bled and spread to all facets of industry. I mean, we talk about personal branding a lot, but then sure. you know these cultural properties mm-hmm. and products mm-hmm. helped raise the brand of Korea. That's right? true. My goodness, um, and I did notice that my friends' uh, um, moms and aunties, like Ray's <laughs> moms and aunties, would be watching Chinese dramas, mm-hmm. and then suddenly at some point that switched over right. to K dramas mixed mm-hmm. in there. Um, kind of fun. Uh, Alicia says Tejangum was my first too, right? <laughs> uh, back when it was airing on TV with a Mandarin dub. <laughs> That's true. That's another thing. It was dubbed in a lot of countries. That's right. Not subtitled. That's right. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, let's see. What what do we got here? No, let's move on. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Looking at the uh, things. Because our next sort of historical milestone that kind of um, refueled the new waves of Hallyu Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. the you know, the age of the high-speed internet, ah. which started sort of in the mid-aughts, mm-hmm. mid-2000, until very recently, like 2015, before the advent of the global OTT right. services, right. right? Right, before that. But they sort of laid the groundwork yes. for what we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, actually, I fell in love with this show in 2006 okay. called Yoneshide, okay. Alone in Love. We talked about it on our segment as well. right. It was this lovely rom-com mm-hmm. that felt so modern right. to me. It didn't right. feel like Daejanggum mm-hmm. or Gyeolyeonga. And I was really enthralled by it. Yeah. With, of course, the lovely Sonyejin, oh, Kangseong, yes. Ihana. It was this lovely combination of sort mm. of romance, but also sadness. Right. Right. The tear works that Korean dramas are so good at. Yes. With all the kind of quirky humor. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. and Really re- good at mixing all that yeah. together. And I remember I shared it with a friend of mine, a you know, Chinese-Canadian, mm-hmm. and he loved it. Oh, my gosh. He was like, this is so adorable. There's just something universally appealing about mm-hmm. K-dramas. And right. that wasn't designed no. to be globally appealing. Right. It just happened to strike a chord. Yeah, and I think a lot of dramas, like Yoneshide, mm. became popular at this time because of I'm sorry, but illegal downloads and these sort of streaming sites, oh, you know? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I guess now I remember right around this era, the high streaming sites, you know, they're they're not playing on the air anymore. There's no such thing as video on demand. Right. So I remember going on those really sketchy <laughs> streaming sites where I'm pretty sure they're, as I'm streaming the show, they're mm-hmm. hacking into my computer. <laughs> but we... But we relied on that, like yeah. you said. Oh, I read, I watched a makjang. Right. Do you remember? Yeah, the it title? was <laughs> 어디에도 없는 착한 남자. <laughs> I remember that. I totally remember you that. Like, Songjungi. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. But at that time, you know, these illegal sort of sharing sites yes. were integral in sharing Korean content right. to international audiences and spreading it and getting it out there. Right? Because before that, right. you know, these Korean broadcasters or yeah. production companies had mm-hmm. to go to individual, you know, companies or right. broadcasters and foreign companies right. and say, "Hey, would you like to buy?" It's a lot of work. A lot of work. Licensing in mm-hmm. itself is a big headache. 
Right. Right. Um, there was also before high speed illegal streaming, there was the VHS tapes, <laughs> right? Come right. on. I mean, so it was always going to be sort of a blackish market mm-hmm. right. to spread the content. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but now, you know, just a lot of people who, mm-hmm. w- who are interested in sort of soap opera-ish yeah. content, yeah. maybe Asian content, certainly got access to this great sort of well of Korean dramas wow. and shows. It's amazing. And, you know, during this time, also communities, translation communities <gasps> spurred up too. That's Vicky. That's and right. I remember Vicky. Right? Yeah. I mean, that they were a public service, mm-hmm. weren't they? That's true. There was also a lot of um, blogs, bot mm-hmm. blogs, oh. where they would have like a week episode breakdown, and That's then right. the funnier writers would be mm-hmm. really popular, and then I would get my little drama beans fix and stuff. That's yeah. right. I think they laid the sort of groundwork for the sort of huge K-drama mm-hmm. fandom that we see today. Yes, absolutely. And also during this time, you know, mm-hmm. we had these great shows coming up. Um, oh, wow. That came up. We, you from we, my star, you from the stars. We did the math, right? We 2013, did. 10 I, years ago. That's what, yeah, we, I, I was shocked that that's <laughs> 10 years old because I still remember our my friend's tuning in they literally this is one of the things that before ott right they were running home mm-hmm. to catch the pumbang you know yeah the, the show our listener zero two one uh, zero two nine one two mm-hmm. mentioned right there was also Taeyang Hue. Taeyang Hue. that was right, a big Descendants one of the sun in 2016 <gasps> of course that was a big one back in 20 20- the high-speed internet kind right. of era. 2005, right. our listener IDH99 mentioned mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. I love the show Master's Son or Chugune Taeyang. Oh, I don't know that, that one. That came out in 2013. Okay. It starts Sojisop and Kong Yeo-jin, or Kongbli as we oh, call her. Yes, that's right. Our listener HICCXE mentioned how she, she loved that show as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, we can't forget Secret Garden, right? <gasps> that was a big one. 2010. Yes. See, even my sister and her husband was watching that. Right? The latte kiss. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the foam milk foam the kiss. The tracksuit. I mean, everything, everything, right? <laughs> Hyunbin, <laughs> my gosh. Right. Secret Garden. Mm-hmm. So all of these shows really, you know, laid the groundwork. Yeah. The fans, the translators, all these online communities dying for Korean content, right? <laughs> yeah. Until, da-da. Da-da. 2017. Oh my goodness, we actually said da da. We didn't do that on purpose. (laughs) We were not paid by any, no. No, we weren't. Ta da! Uh, (laughs) Okay, that still sounded like it. That still sounded like that, right? Um, Okja in 2017. But it was the first Korean content, original Korean content created by this global OTT site. I was so shocked when I saw right? that, when I first got my, this is early days, I first mm. got my subscription, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> they actually made a movie that's sort of Korean? Right, by none other than Bong Juno, right? Very prescient, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just two years later, mm-hmm. the site really hit it big, I believe, with Kingdom. Ah, that's right. In 2019. We were chronicling it all here. Right? Right here on OFD Chill. Kingdom led to the rise of the K-zombie. That's right. As a genre unto itself, I think. Exactly. Because these zombies are fast. Yes. And they take over. Yeah, In various time periods. (laughs) Various time periods. From train stations to high schools. Right. And of course, Joseon dynasty palaces. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> craziness. But, and, and that kind of brings us here to the present. Right. OTT obviously um, still a burgeoning um, industry, but gosh, how fast it's grown. And we were sort of tracking it here. One of our first OFD and Chills was talking yeah. about, we're so excited for Kingdom, right? Yes. And we've come so far already. And sort of not just the financial residual, right. but the cultural residuals. Yes. Because folks were ordering cuts yeah, right. online. That's right. It was like a huge steady seller on um, American online or North American, actually global yeah. shopping sites. These people were finding top not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for our next song break, in honor of uh, Cynthia's personal favorite, we're going to play something from Yoneshide.
the OST, Alone in Love, and it is a classic by Sweet Sorrow. 아무리 생각해도 난 너를, I still think I love you. 아무리 생각해도 난 너를, 아무리 생각해도 난 Sweet Sorrow with 아무리 생각해도 난 너를. Um, such a classic. It is. Love it, love mm-hmm. it. Uh, Cynthia, I don't know. You did the impossible. You were so ambitious, but kind of brought us up to modern day now. That's right. <laughs> OTT. OTT. Um, and, you know, we talked about Okja, the first Korean content uh, created by an OTT site, funded and created by, produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the big kind of watershed moment of Kingdom's Kingdom. success. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we can not mention... Squid Game. Squid Game. Ogem Fever, right? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it really, I mean... Talk about game changing. This right. was piled onto the whole, also the the film side of everything right. with Pung Juno's hit Parasite. Yes, um, Minari, you know, Minari the following year exactly, mm-hmm. and then and then after that, Squid Game, where everyone we were even here, everyone in Korea were like, we couldn't believe. I know the overwhelming popularity, the SNL skits, yeah, all the late night TV shows, mm-hmm. you know. And then the, um, I, I believe it was at the Emmy win mm-hmm. by creator Hwang Dong-hyuk. Right. And he gave such a great speech. 45 seconds, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually only teach it at school. Yeah. And that's how you give an acceptance speech. That's lovely. You know? I love it. Yeah, succinct to the point. Right. But I think Squid Game also brought up a really important issue for Korean creators and production mm-hmm. companies. Okay. The importance of securing IP. Ah, intellectual right? property. Because a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, the OTT sites, the global OTT sites, mm-hmm. will pay, a, you know, a pretty good budget sure. and give, will give you some, actually, a lot of artistic license and creative right, freedom. Right, right. We talked about that, too, how OTT was also opening the road for right. a lot of creative freedom. Right. Um, a lot of Koreans believe that a show like DP mm-hmm. that looks into corruption in the Korean military right. would have had a much more difficult chance of getting produced. In On local. network, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. However, Hwang um, Dong-yeok, Squid Game director and creator, mm-hmm. received no residuals oh. from Squid Game. He, <gasps> his budget was about $2.4 million per episode, okay. but Squid Game garnered ab- almost a billion dollars for net. Oh, Ouch! <laughs> From that OTT. From that OTT site. <laughs> no residuals, no IP ownership. Mm-hmm. So all you could do, all you can do, mm-hmm. is probably negotiate a better deal for number two. Number two. And so this is sort of like a homework. You know, the yeah. sort of sukje for a lot of Korean creators is to can imagine negotiate better deals mm-hmm. with OTT sites and secure their IP so that if they create something wonderful, right. they're able to, you know, use that as mm-hmm. sort of like a bank. They're able to bank on that for future projects. Absolutely. Right? Uh, it's like I said, it's still a burgeoning industry. And we're mm-hmm. still sort of wading our way through how we're going to navigate this new industry and all that. It's all trial and error, though. Um, And we just want to take a a few quick moments, Mm -hmm. because you promised, Cynthia, um, to give a little bit of typical OFD and chill by giving a nice shout-out mention to. And it works really well in our um, conversation, because talk about the next big hit. This Mm -hmm. is definitely going to be, I think, the last big... Korean K-drama hit of uh, 2023. Yeah, I love this <clears> show, <throat> Moving. I'm, I'm hearing about it everywhere. Mm-hmm. One of my friends mentioned that I thought was a good point. They're like, but it's not even on that the biggest OTT site. No, it's not. And it's not on a local Korean OTT right. site. Why should we get it? But for some reason, despite that, Everyone I know is watching it. Almost I know. everyone. I, I it's know. actually encouraging a lot of folks to get their first, you know, monthly subscription, free trial to this site, right? right? To this OTT site, mm-hmm. and it's that's the whole deal about these great um, products, right. great shows mm-hmm. for these OTT sites. It's a subscription-based model. Exactly. They have to get the eyeballs and the interest in. <laughs> that's right? true. And Absolutely. it's shows like Moving. I think that really does that. Yes. 
And I love the fact that it was penned by, the screenplay was penned by the original webtoon creator, Kang Per. He's an innovator, um, from the father of right. webtoon, I think they call him. Right. No stranger to um, Korean audiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And because this um, series, series one, is season one. Yes. I'm hoping there might be other seasons. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. Um, it's 20 episodes long. And I was a little surprised by how long, you know, this series is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I was surprised, too, by the pacing of the show. Right. Have you noticed as well? Um, yes. I remember you mentioning, because we're used to a... Either a 16, um, mm-hmm. a local network 16 episode format or a shorter OTT format of about 8 to 10 right. episodes. Um, but this one was taking its sweet old time. Yeah. And um, even our PD name had read the original webtoon mm-hmm. and she said, well, there's got to be more episodes because there's a lot more story left. Yes. 20 yeah. episodes. That's the thing about OTT content. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the Hallyu OG, right. right? Sort of that are based on family or human dramas, rom-coms. Right. But the K-dramas that we're talking about, like Squid Game, yeah. The Glory, right. or Hellbound. Right. They tend to be a little bit genre-focused, That's right? That's true. Niche sometimes, genres. Yeah, sometimes a little bit jampong genre, right? right? Bit, little bit of this and that. But it's mm-hmm. often very plot-driven, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... At the end I gotta of each know. Ep- I gotta know what happens next, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving really takes its time with character development, setting the scene, creating a little mystery. Could that be so and so? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. I think if this, if Kangpur didn't do the adapted screenplay, right, this would have been a twelve-parter. Oh, you know, maybe you a ten-parter or twelve-parter. I never know? thought of it that way. That, right. that that's very true. Um, it really depends on who is at the helm there, and that creative freedom. Well, we mm-hmm. like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to watch it slowly. <laughs> Um, but it's time to wrap up. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for this uh, wonderful sort of like overreaching kind of basically a reflection on why we do OFD and chill in the first place. Before I give the mic to you, I want to give a shout out. Mm-hmm. P.S. I love really thanks you for your interesting introductions to good works. Um, and 02912 says that it is actually OFD and chill who brought to this listener, the K-drama hype, who, and, and is a local listener, too. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hope wants to say thank you, Cynthia. It's such an interesting segment. And uh, I loved this message from I'm Kelly, who says, I am actually not a fan of K-dramas <laughs> or K-movies. Okay. So I don't have anything to contribute to the discussion. But because of OFD and Chill, I get talking points okay. about certain K-dramas mm-hmm. when chatting with coworkers and friends. So it's become a nice life tool as well. Um, We want to thank you so much, Cynthia, for not only starting with Like a Local, uh, but, you know, all of your wonderful research and your knowledge in all good things about K, etc., etc., be it starting from food and now to drama and film. Would you like to say goodbye or anything? I mean, (laughs) you know, just listening to the messages today was wonderful. Mm -hmm. All our wonderful listeners, our fans Mm -hmm. who are just sort of standing Korean culture, whether it be Korean food or Korean movies or Korean drama and music, of course. Of course. Right. So I'm just really, I I feel lucky to have been a little bit part of that. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. We were so lucky to have you as part of the OFD family for all six years. And I know we're going to see you somewhere in some way, shape, or form, or your name somewhere in the future. Good luck. And thank, thank you so you. much. And I really enjoyed my time here. I did too. I mm-hmm. enjoyed your time here too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to wrap up the show. Here's Chan Nabi with Together from the Moving OST taking us out. Thank you, Cynthia. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you.